Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Unplayable Podcast, and despite what the scientists suggest or what the seasonal calendar will tell you, summer is here because the cricket is back. And on today's episode, we're going to preview the JLT One Day Cup. And to do that, it's my absolute pleasure to welcome Australia and New South Wales Blues spinner Stephen O'Keefe. Thank you, Sam. It's quite early in the morning, mate, for uh, quite an energetic start, but I'm looking forward to previewing what will be an exciting JLT Cup. Looking over the teams, it it looks to me as though it'll be one of the stronger uh, one-day competitions I've seen in the last few years. So, be pretty excited to have a look at the teams and see how they shape up. Nice. Uh, well, <laughs> Steve, we're going to go through each team, their strengths, the players to watch. We're going to do our best to make some predictions. But first, we've got to cover this massive story out of England overnight, where Ben Stokes has been stood down for the remaining two matches of England's ODI series after it was revealed he was arrested following an incident at a Bristol nightclub on Monday morning, Alex Hales was with him and uh, he's also going to miss Wednesday's ODI against the West Indies at the Oval. Big news, Sock. What's your reaction to it? I mean, clearly it's serious enough for players to be stood down. Um, but, I mean, I'm only reading the papers. Uh, and as the facts state at the moment, there hasn't been any charges that have been laid. Um, and I guess they're calling on witnesses to come forward. So it's probably a bit early to speculate. But given the fact that uh, a couple of players have missed a game. It's it's obviously deemed serious enough. Yep. Um, and look, fingers crossed that it's uh, you know it, it will get sorted out appropriately. It's in the right hands. Um, but you know some of the speculation around missing Ben Stokes or Alex Hales. I mean, they're, they're both talented players that you would love to see come out to Australia. Mm-hmm. So I hope for their sakes that uh, it doesn't impede on their cricketing futures. Do you think it's going to have an impact on England's Ashes campaign one way or the other? Well, yeah, I think. Oh, well. I mean, if you're missing players like that, again, that's speculation because we don't know the facts uh, and at the moment no charge has been laid. So, uh, however, if you do miss... I mean, Stokes is the best all-rounder in the world um, and, uh, you know, he, he would, he's had a successful summer when he came out last time. I think he was one of the standout players when they played yep. against the Aussies. got that 100 at the Wacker uh, and I think he's probably in the best form of his career. So, yeah, so an England side without Ben Stokes... Um, is is not a, a better side. So, um, yeah, but look, it's very early to speculate and I'm sure in the upcoming weeks it'll all come out in the wash. All right. The England Ashes squad for the Magellan Ashes is going to be announced on Wednesday night. Cricket.com.au will have all the details there. Head there. All right, Sock, time for the JLT Cup. <laughs> it starts on Wednesday, which is the day we're recording this podcast. Uh, it's going to start in Brisbane before it heads to Perth, then Sydney and finally in Hobart for the final group stage match and the elimination, and then the grand final. The entire tournament, Steve, I'm sure you're happy about this, is streamed live and free on cricket.com.au, and it's free to attend all matches. Can't get much better than that. No, and I think the way that its content uh, is streamed and done digitally is outstanding from cricket.com.au. I'll be watching most games. 
Mm. Of course, I'll get through my training first, but uh, I'll be watching most games. Um, it gives you good insight into the players and to see how teams are going. And the best thing is on your app on your phone, you can turn it on and off whenever you like. It's so accessible. That's so right. So I'm looking forward to it. What a plug. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> okay, uh, let's start with the CA11. They finished last without a win last year, but they pushed the, the Blues in their opening match. They lost by just the four runs. I guess this tournament for the CA11 really is about the pathway and building experience and exposing players to elite-level cricket. Um, see it that way, Steve? Absolutely. Uh, you know, it, it's copped a bit of criticism from players and past players in regards to this team coming in. I'm a massive fan of it. I think it's a great concept. It, ultimately, we're exposing more players to first-class cricket and guys who are sitting on the fringes who may not otherwise have an opportunity to play at this level, um, you get to see them come up. I mean, you look at a state like New South Wales when we have quicks like Hazelwood, Stark, Cummins. If they're all back playing for New South Wales, it means that the next crop of fast bowlers don't get an opportunity to play. As it turns out, these guys are away anyway, so it's a bit irrelevant for us. But that would be the same in most other states. So looking through um, the team that they have selected or the squad that they've selected. To me, it seems like the strongest uh, CA11 squad they've had in years. It genuinely looks like blokes who are on the fringes of teams. Mm-hmm. Um, they've won one game in two years, but I'm expecting that to change this year. All right. Now we're going to outline the strengths of each side. And while there's a bit of unknown with the youngsters in this squad, I guess that means they've got, they're going to play with a little bit less fear because they're going to be out there just to play the natural game like you said, be exposed to these players and really just showcase their abilities. Absolutely. And that is one of the big uh, draw cards to this team. Uh, On the flip side, I think it can become quite individualised in that team. It is Mm. quite hard. You know, we talk about building cultures in different states and New South Wales, at New South Wales Cricket, it's something we work hard on is having a team plan, how we want to go about playing our cricket. I think in the CA11, we look at these guys and ultimately they want to be playing for their states. So in a sense... Um, you know, it can draw players to be play quite selfishly. However, looking for a win. So if a guy's out there, you know, wants to is, is trying to score a hundred, that'll help the team. But they are ultimately doing it to get into their state side and get recognised. You look at someone like Hilton Cartwright, um, who only two years ago was a standout player for the CA11, broke into the WA team and is now playing uh, for Australia in two forms, one-day cricket and test cricket. So it's a great pathway and opportunity. No fear, but on the flip side of that, it can force players to play for themselves and just look for individual performances to get their name in headlights. Um, You know, players to look at, I think, in this side at the moment, which I think I've just stolen your thunder there. That's all right, go for it. (laughs) Uh, In in my opinion would be Bo Webster. Uh, The guy from Tasmania is is a tall... Uh, top three batter, quite explosive and powerful. Has already got first-class centuries to his belt uh, and bowls really handy off-spin. Um, so he's one of the more talented players coming through. And in uh, in my opinion, as I said, this team was as strong as I've seen and it's because of the likes of Bo Webster, who've already played a lot of cricket, will be playing. Mark Stickety, the Queensland paceman, another example there. He's played first-class cricket. He's going to come back and I'm sure will have a big impact Absolutely. on the youngsters. Param Upal. Uh, he's an exciting young batsman uh, from New South Wales. Steve, what can you tell us about him? Param Upal, I haven't seen a great deal of. He's been up at the academy training. Um, we've seen him in two trial matches for New South Wales, one out at Blacktown. And on a wicket that was doing a bit, managed to score around 40 not out. 
Um, you know, looks one of those players that looks like they've got a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, another guy who will just benefit so much from being around the likes of Steckity, Bo Webster, um, David Grant, and a few of the older heads that are in that team. And I, I'm sure uh, when you look at that team, Paramupal, Jason Sanger, who's not in that squad, but another young talented New South Wales butter, um, these guys will benefit so much from being able to play against. Uh, the likes of Queensland, who have a really great fast bowling attack. Victoria have got Australian cricketers. So um, I'm expecting him to do well. How well? Well, let's wait and see. Okay, let's move on to the New South Wales Blues, the defending two-time champions. They're going for a hat-trick of titles. Steve, the only question I've got for you is, can they be stopped? <laughs> well, it's it's a strong squad again this year, Uh I mean, obviously, we're missing the likes, as I said earlier, of the Stark, the Hazelwoods, the Cummins. Um, however, that is just going to give other guys an opportunity. And when we look at the fast bowlers that New South Wales have, we've got Conway, Mickey Edwards, who uh, has been bowling the house down this year. He's a cult hero amongst these uh, parts, isn't he? Well, he's done more, more for his fielding. Yes, he's done more. Radio and TV interviews that I've seen from anyone who's just not played a game for New South Wales yet. <laughs> so he's been copying a bit of ribbing from the boys uh, with his beautiful golden long hair. Um, uh, surfy from the northern beaches, uh, Mickey, and stands at about seven foot tall. So he's, <laughs> he's a big man, certainly doesn't go unnoticed. However, it's been unfortunate the last couple of years he's been injured, had back injuries, as tends to happen to all young quicks. But... Um, He's been bowling really fast, um, obviously got that nice high release point because he's so tall, and I think will we'll certainly be a surprise packet. And again, we'll benefit from getting the opportunity uh, of, of our senior quicks not being available. Well, that was going to be the strength of the Blues squad. I believe that, that, that without the likes of Stark, Hazelwood and Cummins, who could feature in the back end of the tournament, depending how far New South Wales goes, I think Stark's definitely going to play the back end, probably the Sydney games as he recovers from that foot injury, uh, like you said, Conway, Edwards. Throw Dougie Bollinger, Bollinger in the Bollinger in there, the, the veteran. Gorinda Sandu. There's quicks coming out of their ears up here in New South Wales. Yeah, and it's great to see. It's an imposing fast bowling lineup. Sean Abbott, we forgot about him. Well, yeah, he doesn't even rate to mention it. He's my player to watch. I've completely missed him. <laughs> uh, leading wicket taker in the Big Bash competition last year. Guy who's, I think is finally starting to show his true colours as a cricketer. Dominated great cricket on the weekend, 5 for 15, 45 not out. I think he's really starting to feel comfortable at this level uh, and I think this will be a tournament which he could own, both with bat and with ball. Uh, with the likes of Moses and Reeks not being there due to Australian selection, I think it's time for Sean Abbott uh, in the middle order there to really step up as our key all-rounder. Um, and and play that pivotal role and almost be a leader of that young bowling attack when given that opportunity. He's got the most experience. He's the one that's played international cricket already. So I think a lot is going to rest on Sean in regards to leading that bowling unit around the park. My player to watch was the left-hander Curtis Patterson, who was very close to test selection last year. Uh, Classy batsman. He just looks like he's got a lot of time, does it easy. He said last year that his shot selection has really improved and taken him to another level. Steve, how have you seen him develop? Absolutely. Hit the nail on the head there, Sam. I, I mean, I, he's such a talented young player. Again, another guy who is going to benefit from having the experience of last year and the year before. He gets better, and I think he will certainly be a future leader of New South Wales cricket. He's got a great cricket brain. 
Uh, and one guy who I've seen this year probably work even harder at his game. Um, he's been in the nets, uh, you know, the sort of guy that's the, the first there and then the last to leave, always asking questions, got a great temperament. Um, and I, I think, again, this will be a tournament for him. I mean, playing away from home, we've been benefited in the last couple of years at New South Wales, playing both tournaments at home and winning them both. And I think the home advantage really does uh, play a key role in that. This will be outside our comfort zone, having to travel halfway across the, well, the whole way across the country to play in Perth. So it's going to be a new test, new environment, new test um, in different conditions. So I, I'm keen to see how these guys can stand up. Um, and of course, this team's going to be bolstered uh, by the likes of Ed Cowan, who's a stalwart, you know, been doing well for a, over a decade now. And uh, of course, we've got Nathan Gary the Goat line back, who. You know, basically took 40 of the 40 available wickets in Bangladesh, <laughs> bowled like a genius, and he's excited. He's got a point to prove. One day cricket, he wants to play. Uh, and this will be a tournament for him to really uh, show his class, um, and particularly bowling on the flat wickets like the Wacker. Um, you know, if he can put some dominant performances up there, he's a guy that we should be looking at for one day cricket. Uh, you make a good point there because Lyon's got a bit of a point to prove in one day cricket. Nick Mannison dropped from the test side last year. He wants to get back in the Bay Green. And so does Peter Neville with Matthew Wade being dropped as keeper over there in India for the one day series. All of a sudden the Ashes keeping spot was a little bit more open. Uh, he wants to have a good one day tournament and then those three Shield games before that first test in Brisbane. It's an exciting time across the States. There's plenty of opportunity for guys and these guys know that you know there's that sense of uh, tension in the air knowing that how big this tournament is knowing how big the first couple of shield games is uh, for these guys to, to to force their way into a team who wouldn't want to be playing the ashes who would want to be playing for australia who wouldn't want to be playing the ashes uh, the magellan ashes series which is shaping up to be one of the most exciting we've seen um you know there is a lot riding on this and i think each state as we'll go through, has got plenty of blokes there who would be there and thereabouts, right on the cusp, who know if they go back-to-back hundreds, back-to-back fifers, are in with the show. Let's move on to Queensland, the finalists last year. Breakout year for right-hander Manus Labashani. How do you say that? I I think there's about 15 different... Manus. (laughs) Uh, He was named player of the tournament, some very important key knocks there. Uh, and I think the strength of that side, Usman, is their uh, Steve is their batting because of because of because of guys like Usman. I was reading his name then. Uh, Usman Khawaja at the top, the captain. You got Joe Burns, Manus, Sammy Hazlitt, uh, Wildermuth. They got Big Ben Cutting down there who can blast sixes, and then the Test Open and Matt Renshaw as well. So they've got batting uh, batting depth as as deep as the uh, something deep. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's it's so exciting to see. I mean, obviously, we mentioned Marnus, player of the tournament last year. Wasn't the highest run scorer, but his innings were match-winning performances, which is what I think they've been able to to give him uh, that player of the tournament. And again, it's just you look at that lineup, and you know, as you said, that 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 batting lineup goes well deep. I mean, that's not even to mention the likes of Michael Nessa, who can bat, uh, and it might be coming in at eight. Um, you've got the all-round capabilities of someone like Jason Flores. Um, and then you've got Mitchell Swepson, who has benefited massively yeah. by being around the test squad lately. Again, a guy who I've seen over the last 12 months really improve his game. Big turner of the ball, really confident, great temperament. 
Um, and, you know, it's hard to go past them as one of the front runners of this competition. My player to watch is the all-rounder Jack Wildenbuth, who was, again, close to test selection for that India series. He was one of the three all-rounders considered when Mitch Marsh went down. Marcus Stone has got the gig, but Henriquez and Wildenbuth were the other two. Uh, speaking to some of the state players around the country, they all rate him. They all seem, He always seems to get runs against their side. So when you've got that sort of impression already as a young player and a, a guy that can genuinely contribute with bat and ball, he's a real package. Absolutely. He's, uh, he is one of the all-rounders of the competition. We've played him at New South Wales Cricket. And, again, just a guy that you can see. You notice guys, as we've said around the States, that you just see have got that little bit of X factor about him, something special about him. And I think Jack is one of those players. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's a classy batter, and his bowling is better than just part-time. You know, it's almost... Uh, you could pick him as an out-and-out quick. If you look around the States, we've got some quality quicks that play. But he's a, he's a super talent. Um, and again, number six for Australia. I mean, what, what way are they going to go with that? I mean, there's a few extremely good all-rounders around the country. But again, someone like him who stands up, puts his name up, who knows? Um, the Australian selectors have said it, showed their hand in the past. They want to pick young players who, uh, who are dominating the game. Um, and he's certainly one. And again, Usman Kawaja, Joe Burns, uh, Matthew Renshaw, Sammy Hazlitt. We've got Marnus. Um, you couple that with the middle order of Pearson and Nessa. Um, and again, we haven't even mentioned Billy Stanlake, who is, of course, injured. got a CA contract, but he's injured, I've just been told, <laughs> um, unfortunately. So, yeah, look, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about looking at this team. Um, again, the Quicks, Cameron Gannon, Betty... Benny Cutting and Nessa um, playing at home, of course, which I think is a huge advantage. So I think, you know, as I said, these guys will be proper front runners and um, I think just an exciting cricket team in general to watch. Under a new coach as well, Wade Seckham up there. So it's a, a couple of new coaches around the country this summer and, you know, it's going to be a, a different looking Queensland Bulls side. Absolutely. I mean, that's exciting. Big spinners, big hitters of the cricket ball and fast bowlers. I mean, that's what we want to watch. We've got Wade Seckham as the coach. Uh, and we've benefited at New South Wales Cricket by having Phil Jakes back as our batting coach. So Everybody uh, wins. Their loss is our gain, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the South Australian Redbacks. They finished sixth last year and they were eliminated uh, in controversial fashion, chasing a bonus point they didn't need to get in the end. But their strengths lie in their fast bowling, uh, absolutely, with Daniel Worrell, Chad Sayers, Joe Menny, Cameron Valenti, who was the leading wicket-taker last year with 15 poles. And they've got Kane Richardson, who's over there in India, playing in the one day in T20s. So fast bowling depth is fantastic at the moment at the Redbacks. One of their keys, I think, when you look at that lineup, is these all the, all these fast bowlers are able to get the ball off the straight. And I think that's key. Two new balls playing in grounds like the Gabba or, sorry, up in Brisbane or in, in Perth. It's, it's critical that you can move the ball in the air. Um, you know, not necessarily the out-and-out big, tall, fast bowlers, but these guys are the most skillful in the country. Um, and I love the way that South Australia go about playing their cricket. They're aggressive. Yeah. They're young blokes who, uh, like we said about the CA11, show no fear. However, these guys have developed a culture and an attitude around that. And it's no surprise uh, or no coincidence they've had a lot of success doing it. You mix that in, you couple that in, those skillful quicks um, with the likes of Callum Ferguson and Tom Cooper... Uh, and Joe Many, three of the, the more senior players in that team. Mm. And again, you've got guys who are going to contend 
uh, and be there and thereabouts in the final series. Um, really skillful side that I think um, is packed with young, as young a talented team going around the country as I've seen. Um, and it will benefit from last year's experience. So I, I'm expecting they're my wild card of this year's tournament to come out and, and, and do some impressive performances. The wild card, the, the wild, dark horses, the, the dark they horse, say. Yes. Uh, my player to watch is young Alex Carey, who I'm not sure where he sits right now in the keeping ranks. He was the Australia A keeper headed to South Africa before that tour was cancelled. He's had a record-breaking year last year for the Redbacks. Uh, like we said, the keeping spot for the Magellan Ashes is a little bit up in the air at the moment. He's got to be one of the main contenders, isn't he? Absolutely. I mean, I, I watched the, you know, you watch a lot of the content that's on cricket.com.au. watched uh, Chatty Sayers's, what did he take, 150 wickets last year? Yeah, maybe a few more than that, yeah. <laughs> yes. I think he took close to 60. Um, and it had, on the back end of that, the keeping performances of Alex Carey, who took a lot behind the stumps, as Chatty says, does. Beautiful swing bowler, uh, gets a lot of nicks. And some of his work behind the stumps, it was it was world class. You know, one-handed diving catches. Um, and, you know, you couple that with his batting. Uh, the selectors have noted that by picking him on the Australia A Tour. So you'd have to think that he's very close to contention for playing. And like we've, I'll keep harping on, these tournaments now, getting runs will not go unnoticed by selectors. If you're putting up performances, match-winning performances, you're going to put yourself in with a good chance of breaking into that Australian side. And having spoken to some of the Redbacks guys last year about Alex, they say he is by far the hardest working player there. Like you said, with Curtis Patterson, first arrived, last to leave. Kerry does that. He does extras on extras on extras. Very hard-working individual. Uh, Steve, who is your player to watch for the Redbacks? Look, I think uh, someone who's unfortunate to have not played a lot more cricket for Australia is Callum Ferguson. Um, I think this is his year, seasoned cricketer now. Um, you know, the times he has played for Australia, I think he averages 40 at a strike rate of 90. And I think that a lot of this batting, you have a look at this batting lineup, a lot is going to hinge around the likes of Callum Ferguson play that role in the middle, to play that leadership role, to be able to get the, the big scores, while other aggressive players like Jake Lehman, Alex Kerry, Kelvin Smith, uh, Jake, uh, Jake Weatherwood all bat around. You know, all aggressive guys, stroke players, and I think someone like Callum is going to have to play that role in the middle to, to steady the ship, play the cool head and be there at the end, and I think we're going to see some big scores from him. To couple that, he's the captain of the team, mm-hmm. so that's what we're going to expect from him. Tasmanian Tigers, they finished fifth, Last year, uh, a disappointing campaign by the Tigers. They only made one century, and that was Tim Payne against the CA11. Uh, it's a really new era for the Tigers under new coach Adam Griffith. Exciting team, some experienced players, some young players. What are we expecting from the Tigers? Yeah, look, it's a, it's a fresh new look for the Tigers. Um, you know, Adam Griffiths has uh, been an assistant coach for a long time now under JL. Um, and has massive raps as a, a leader and a coach. And I think that sort of fresh outlook on a team, there's been a lot of changes down there. Obviously, Nick Cummins has gone from the Thunder to be the CEO. Ben Rora, who was the New South Wales cricketers, go down to be chairman of selectors for Tasmania. Um, so, look, it's a lot of fresh... It's a fresh start for them. And, look, the, the big name that stands out for me in that team is George Bailey, they're a different side when George comes back. Uh, I've known that from first-hand experience. Mm. Um, 
and when he comes back, you know, you've got that cool, calm, collected leader. Well, not only that, a bloke who is, you know, pretty would, would deem himself pretty unlucky not to be in the Australian team right now, given his how well he plays in India. The last time he was in India, he scored 500 runs at, you know, 100, a yeah. strike rate of 300 or something like that. Um, you know, a super talent. So, yeah, look, I, I like the look of this team. It's It's got some... Uh, it's got some fresh faces in there, and you couple that with George Bailey, Jackson Bird, who are the, the Australian um, Australian cricketers, Test cricketers, uh, and 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 they are they're, again they're serious contenders. Absolutely, Jackson Bird, uh, Billock Swepson carrying the drinks a fair bit on tour at the moment. <laughs> ben McDermott, he's an exciting young player, Steve. Yeah, absolutely. Breakout season, I think, last year. Scored that 100 in the in the big bash. Um, and a guy that can really dominate. You know, this Tasmanian team, I remember five or six years ago when George was captain, again, had it had a similar feel to it. A lot of guys that you, you probably hadn't noticed or had heard of, uh, you bring them together and, you know, the likes of... Uh, Jackson Bird of that team only a few years ago uh, broke through, played for Australia. George Bailey, James Faulkner, Alex Dolan. So there was a stage there when Tasmania was winning and dominating. And I go back and I have a look at this team and I, I, I seriously think there are players like that who could break into that Australian team. Andrew Feckety's played a fast bowler who's played for Australia A um, only a couple of years ago. Uh, you have Jake Doran who I think is a, a seriously talented young left-handed batter um, again had a probably rough time of it last year but everyone around the country knows the potential uh, of, of him and I'm sure he's going to benefit playing around the likes of George Bailey you couple that in with uh, Cameron Boyce uh, who has played T20 cricket for Australia yeah. and in one day cricket you need a good leg spinner in my opinion a guy who can beat the bat on both sides of the edge he's, he's got you know he's got some great death bowling characteristics Turns his leg spinner, bowls a beautiful slider and does have a good wrong one. So, um, again, another team that I think uh, with you know can claim that underdog status when they go in. Um, and that's not even mentioning the likes of Jordan Silk, who mm. has um, you know played extremely well over the last two or three seasons. Absolutely. Just before we leave uh, the Tassie Tigers, George Bailey with that stance... Have you bowled him, Steve, since he's basically been mooning the bowler? I haven't, I haven't seen it. He's first. facing third man. I haven't man. seen it first time. George just strikes me as the sort of bloke that, it, because the game's so easy for him, I think he's trying to make it <laughs> harder. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out next year just holding the bat in one hand um, with an eye patch on. Uh, he's, it's, it's unique. Um, but I, I love seeing that sort of stuff. I love seeing guys outside of the mould just bat differently, not textbook status. Mm -hmm. That's what we want to see. Steve Smith's exactly the same. Throw the textbook out the window. Um, and yeah, hey, look, I'll, I'll be flipping on to cricket.com.au just to see George Bailey's stance of this season, if nothing else. We must say that Steve is not getting anything from all these plugs. He's doing it out of his own free will. Uh, let's, let's go on to the Victorian Bush Rangers. They finished third. They've been a perennial powerhouse in this tournament, in, you know, in domestic Australian cricket for a number of years now. It's going to be a real test for them this summer, especially in this tournament, without. A lot of the international players, they lose the likes of Finch, Maxwell, Dan Christian won't be there. Uh, Peter Hans comes in India now playing in the one days. So it's going to test their depth, Steve, but this might be a, a different season for them. Yeah, it's it's a, certainly a different looking um, Victorian cricket team. You know, you in the past you'd go through this side and it almost seemed like they'd bat down to nine or ten. You'd have, you know, John Hastings coming in at nine, 
who's a, a well-accomplished uh, lower to middle order striker of the ball. Um, this year, I guess they're, they're missing out on a few players playing for Australia um, with the likes of uh, Dan Christian, um, who is a, such, a, such a talented cricketer and offered them so much. Death bowling, late order, middle order hitting of the cricket ball. Um, you know, no Pete Hanscom, uh, no Aaron Finch, it's 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 a different looking side with younger players, which will be you know it'll it'll be a test on them and the likes of Cameron White leading that team on how he can pull together uh, a younger side. You know you get the likes of Matt Short, Pekovsky, who's played I've you know played in second level cricket, seriously talented young kids. He played. made his first class debut last year, and he's just killed it at every junior level he's played at. Yes, that's right. I've um, seen... And he, he is a seriously talented... He's one of the guys that we played in the second eleven game last year down in Victoria and was a standout by far in that Victorian lineup. So, really talented player. Seb Gotch, Sam Harper, Travis Dean, I mean, who's been playing seriously good cricket right across the board. And, of course, Wes Agar, the brother of Ashton, who has made the move back home from South Australia. Another all-round talent, uh, predominantly with his... Right arm quicks, uh, but more than handy in the field and with the bat as well. He's a Nathan Coulton Hole clone when he shaved his head, dead set, bowling <laughs> action, the whole, the whole lot. Uh, their strengths, much like New South Wales and, Victor- and South Australia, is their fast bowling depth. Uh, when you've got Peter Siddle leading the charge there, 60-odd test veteran with a couple of hundred wickets, it's, uh, Scott Boland, who's played in national cricket, Chris Jermaine, who's played one-day cricket for Australia, and then you've got a spinner in John Holland, who's very accomplished and played... Two tests. Uh, it's a very well-rounded attack. Absolutely, that's a great. I think that is their strengths: is their fast bowling, led by Siddle, Bowl, and Tremaine, uh, all with extra, you know being around that Australian setup. And then you've got the likes of John Holland, who was a who has had a, a fantastic Shield season last year, leading wicket taker, fifty plus wickets. Um, but one of the things about um, John is his ability to bowl with the white ball. I think it's it's really underrated. He's a uh, he's got a, a lot of skills. He can he can hit the hole. He changes his pace very well, um, and has the ability to take big wickets and, and big hauls of wickets. Um, so I'd I'd be expecting him to be one of the standout players and probably a leader now that he's been around that squad for a long time. So you go through that mix, and they've again. I think there's a lot of unknowns because there's a lot of young players, but the talent is certainly there. It's how they're able to bring that together as a squad. I think will determine on on their success of this season. And the leadership of Cameron White, who is my player to watch. He's got 457 runs last year. It seems like every time this tournament comes around, he just absolutely murders the white ball. He is a fantastic domestic limited overs player, and he's got a pretty good international career as well to boot. Uh, I, I can't remember how many times he's won man of the match in the last couple of years, but he would have about six or seven barbecues in his place, I reckon. <laughs> yes. if, if you need to go and cook up a steak, uh, put a couple Butter of snags on the yeah. barbie, I mean, he could work out some oh, yeah. bunnings if, or something. If you I mean. needed any tools as well with the Ryobi, I mean, it just seems every year he's the player of the tournament and he's rightfully right. deserved, without a doubt, the best batter, I believe, in the in the competition, in this, in this white ball competition. Um... Again, you know, and he just seems to get better and better each year, like these older players. Um, they develop new skills. 
you know, their temperament becomes of ease. They know when to go hard, know when to pull back. And he's going to play an important role. It's going to be a, a different setup for him in this squad, um, given that there's a, a lot of younger players and how he manages all that. Um, but, you know, he's, he's, he's all class. And I'm sure that he's going to have another fantastic uh, season for the Vicks. Um, and again, he'll be pushing to be that leading run scorer. He won't accept anything less because he's that good. Who's your player? You got someone? Someone at the top of the order? I went for Marcus Harris. Um, the lefty. The lefty from who moved over from WA last year uh, or a couple of seasons ago. Um, in my opinion, a great four-day player. Um, you know, opens the batting. Uh, for, aggressive. For aggressive. And that's, that's the reason why I have picked him because you have a look at the... His, his style, um, even in four-day cricket, is to go after the ball. But, I, again, another guy I think is really underrated in white ball cricket. Um, you know, he's got all the shots. He, can play, he, he plays beautifully down the ground, both in the air and along the ground. Of course, coming from Perth, he plays well square of the wicket. Mm. Uh, attack spin bowling. Um, I think he's got the all-round package. And, of course, with all the games being all around the country, I think that'll suit him with a bit more pace on the ball. So he's a guy that I... It would be my standout uh, for the Vicks. That's another exciting part about this version of the tournament is that we are going to different states and different cities and players will have to adapt, whereas in the past the games were just located in Sydney, a couple up in Brisbane that kick off the tournament. But this will be a real test of the players' technique, their ability and their ability to adapt. Absolutely. That's something that we've harped on about uh, here at Cricket New South Wales is that's what we're going to have to be focusing on is being able to adapt. You know, faster, bouncy, pacey wickets. Teams will change their game plans. We're up against WA, New South Wales first, and they're going to come hard, I'm sure, with big, tall quicks banging the ball into the wicket. Now, in Sydney, you know, we're used to we're the flat track bullies here in Sydney where the <laughs> ball doesn't come up above the knees. You know, we're right at home. Other teams probably find it a bit hard because it's a bit foreign to them. Uh, now it's our chance to go on the road and show, well, OK, we're good at home. How good are we away from home from a New South Wales point of view? And I think it gives the likes of Queensland, WA and Tassie the opportunity to show and dominate in their home backyards. So, um, you know, there's nothing like being able to sleep in your own bed at night, particularly when games are at home. Uh, those little things all add up. So, um, again, as you said, Sam, adaptability will be key. The, the, the team that can do that the best will be the one that will come out on top. Our final team to analyse are the Western Australian Warriors and they finished fourth last year. They'll lose a bit of experience with their captain and test run machine, Adam Voges, who is an average, well, it's close to Bradman at one point. I think it's still over, <laughs> retired at over 60 or something like that. Uh, but they've got a new skipper. Uh, Mitchell Marsh has been handed the reins over there. Uh, he's not going to bowl during the one-day tournament, but he's going to bat as he comes back from shoulder surgery. Big year for WA cricket. Um, I feel like they've been on the cusp past couple of years they've got some youngsters that they've stuck with now they've got experience under their belt I think it's going to be a big year for the Warriors absolutely and again a team that I think uh, as I just said um, in regards to being able to play at home they can showcase their talents at home Um, and all these guys you look at are just suited for those wickets with a bit more pace bounce and nip in it Um, great move I think to see Mitch Marsh as captain uh, I think he's really grown in professionalism and leadership in the last couple of years, and this will be his turn to take this team in a new direction. You know, finished fourth last year, however, have dominated T20 cricket with the Scorchers, and half of those blokes, or well, more than half, uh, guys that will feature in this 
uh, team for the Warriors. So they are, they're, they're almost unstoppable at home. They play so well in those conditions. Um, not to mention, when you have a look at the likes of Sean Marsh coming back, he'll be my player to watch in this tournament. Um, you know, loves batting at the wacker, pace on the ball, square of the wicket, and when he gets going in, the, if, he, if he's still in in the 35th over, he is almost unstoppable like his brother Mitch. The ground just doesn't seem big enough for both of them. Um, and I, I think he's going to play a pivotal role. And then, I mean, they've got quicks, you know... It's not even to mention some of the guys that have missed out here. But you look at Jai Richardson, mm. who is uh, an outstanding fast bowler. Simon Macken, you know, Andrew Ty's got, you know, more tricks than a magician the way that he bowls the ball. He comes up with a new ball every year. Yep. So they've got they've got the full quota of depth. Um, and then you've got, you know, the likes of really seriously talented uh, all-rounders who I like to see as a vice-captain of the team, gets big raps on his uh, ability to understand and read the game is Ashton Turner. Um, you know, so, again, they're going to be hard to beat at home. They're going to be very difficult to beat. Talk about fast bowling. They don't have Jason Berendorf. Andrew Ty is going. He's a Pat Cummins' replacement for the T20 series, so they'll lose him. him. Yeah. Okay. They've also got Joel, I mean, Joel Paris. He was an absolute superstar a couple of seasons, but injuries just curtailed him a little bit. I mean, I thought he was brilliant. He made his one-day debut. He's a, for Australia, he's a fantastic quick. Mm. Uh, and... There's a guy, Will Bazisto, who's graduated from the, the CA11 sort of pathway. He was their leader last year. He's in the Warriors squad now. Uh, a lot of raps on him. And you mentioned Jai Richardson, who had a stellar big bash league season with the Scorchers. He probably uh, got the spotlight taken off him a little bit by a bloke called Mitchell Johnson at the back end of that, <laughs> of that tournament. But that's not the first time Mitch has done that. Uh, and... But he bowled so well that he made his international debut. Uh, a young speedster who can bowl serious heat. Um, again, a young team, but they've got experience under their belt. They're going to give uh, this t- competition a big shake. Every one of these players is a match winner going through looking at this team. As you said, Will Persisto's come up, benefited from the CA11, like the likes of Hilton Cartwright, Arjun Nair for, for Cricket New South Wales. You know, Cameron Bancroft's played... You know, CA cricket will benefit playing at home. My, um, you know, Maxi Klinger, absolute, you know, run scoring machine. Right. Hundred after hundred, he goes overseas. It's like he sleeps with his cricket bat at night, wakes up, <laughs> punches out a hundred, and then he's, you know, he's off to the next place in the world doing the same thing. Any conditions anywhere around the world, his experience will be vital for Mitch Marsh too, won't it? Absolutely. And Michael is the sort of bloke with a great temperament and really giving of his knowledge and time. Um, you know, he's the first guy to come in at the end of a game and, and sit down and have a, you know, a feed a, a, and a, a drink with you just to talk about the game and understand it. Um, you know, serious. Uh, the you've got like Sean Marsh, who's obviously played a lot of uh, international cricket. John Wells had a breakout year last year. Darcy Short, well, he was unbelievable in the Big Bash. Yeah. Um, David Moody, you know, playing at the Wacker will suit him. He bangs the ball in pace. You know, fast. Quick, short stuff. Simon Macken, exactly the same. Uh, and then in that middle, you've got the likes of Josh Inglis, who hasn't played a lot at that level. But when you've got likes, the likes of Mitch Marsh batting around you, yep. you know Michael Klinger, Ashton Turner, it makes your job a little bit easier. All right. They're the team, Steve. We're going to come back and make some bold predictions. All right, our predictions. We're going to start off with the leading run scorer for the tournament. I'm going to go with the Queensland captain, Usman Kawaja. Hasn't played a lot of cricket this year, but he's done very well in the One Day Cup in the past. And I think he wants to make sure that 
there are no question marks about his spot in the Ashes. I think he's going to come out there and score bulk runs. Point to prove. Hard to go past Uzi Kawaja. T20-hundreds, one-day hundreds, test hundreds in Australia. Loves playing cricket here. We'll love being at home. We'll love being at the WACA. Hard to go past. However, another guy with a point to prove. I've got two equal run scorers at the top there. Cameron White, I mean, he's he's about a dollar one favourite to be the leading run scorer. <laughs> Sean Marsh, I think, will be the other one. Being able to play at home, like Usman, um, I think will benefit those guys. And uh, I'm expecting a huge amount of runs to be okay. scored. Other end of the scale, leading wicket taker. You can go first. Mitchell Stark, he'll only play the one game, but <laughs> the way that he comes in and bowls reverse, if that game is in Sydney and they get that ball old, he will take probably nine wickets uh, in each game if he plays two games. So there's 18 wickets. He'll be the leading wicket taker. Um, now, I've got most dismissals down as Sean Abbott. Um, I think he's developed a slower ball now. He. He's useful up front, bowls a heavy ball, attacks the knee roll, but at the back end he's developed his slow ball. He's got a few tricks up his sleeve and I'm expecting him with the, with the Blues run scorers getting big totals that he'll be uh, hard to get away at the back end and will be taking plenty of wickets. I'm going another quick. Chris Tremaine, uh, he is an exciting fast bowler, country New South Wales boy, made the move down to Victoria. He's got that really slingy action. We are talking about orthodox techniques before, and he's a guy that uh, has his own technique. Genuinely quick. Played limited overs cricket for Australia already, and I, I don't know, I'm a big fan of him. I think he's going to perform very well, and he swings it. So in terms of a fast bowler, if you can bowl fast, swing it, be aggressive, what more do you want? Absolutely. He's the man. He's the man that's going to lead, along with Peter Siddle, that Victorian team, uh, as you said quite rightly. Uh, played a lot of international cricket in South Africa. Got big wickets over there, you know. Knocked over Hashim Amla, mm. I remember, in a few games. Bowled fast. Um, and he's a guy, yeah, if he gets it right in those conditions on quicker, bouncier tracks, moves it off the scene. Made his debut for New South Wales at the Wacker. Took two or three for on debut. Bowled beautifully, and I'm sure he's going to enjoy going back there. Most dismissals probably go to a gloveman. I'm going to go with Alex Carey. We've mentioned him before. Fantastic behind the stumps. Who are you going with? I'm going with Jimmy Pearson from Queensland. Um, you know, great keeper, I think, and also uh, a seriously talented batter. So we'll see. We'll see which quicks can dominate and who can hold on to them behind those pegs. We're going to see some, I would say, pretty generous batting wickets this tournament. And some of the grounds are a little bit on the smaller side. <laughs> so the highest team score. Who's going to get it? What do you think it'll be, Steve? I think if, as you've just quite rightly said, if you can get that, if those wickets, particularly the AB Oval, if that turns out to be flat, then those grounds are not big enough for the likes of, uh, or any team that goes up there, but yep. the likes of that Queensland team, uh, you know, Usman Khawaja, Joe Burns, can you Imagine Ben Cutting coming with 15 overs to go, and there's 300s well, on the board or something. We've been on the receiving <laughs> end of a Ben Cutting uh Ben, ben Cutting show in, in Queensland. And, yeah, once he gets in, finds his, his range. He's putting them up on the top onto the training wickets. He's hitting them over the new Booper centre there at yeah. uh, Upper Queensland. And, and yeah, I mean, it, it would not be surprised to see 400. And I'm tipping Queensland at home on conditions they train in playing every day to, to go close to taking that mark. I'm going similar, but I'm going to do it over in the west and have the uh, Warriors do it with... I think he's got nearly nearly 200 last year. Sean Marsh, he'll get, he'll get close <laughs> to that again. And Mitch Marsh, same a bit like Ben Cunning. If he comes in with 20 overs, 15 overs to go, 
foundation's already set and he's got a license to hit. We've already seen him hit some giant maximums over there in the Wacko. Can see him doing it again. Uh, Absolutely. How about we go surprise packet, Steve? You said he had a couple of dark horses. Yep. A couple of surprise packets. Who do you like? I like the looks of the CA11 only because I think this year it looks like a squad where they've gone and picked blokes who genuinely could have played for their, uh, their state team uh, and are not just uh, young up-and-coming players. Uh, Harry Nielsen, David Grant from South Australia, I think are, are very good cricketers. Um, so I'm expecting them. They've had one win. They've beaten Tasmania uh, in the first year of uh, when they first come in the first year of their inception. Uh, they've got a new coach, Matt Elliott, uh, one of my favourite cricketers to watch bat um, for Australia many many years ago. Um, so I'm expecting them to be the surprise packet, along with a, a George Bailey led. Tasmanian cricket you team. I've probably stolen two. your thunder. Stole, I could go through Pick. every team, but yeah, I've stolen your thunder there. So, so you don't need to comment, mate. <laughs> Tell us who your surprise back no, is. I was going to be the Tigers. <laughs> new coach, new era. George Bailey, Jackson Bird down there. I think they're going to they're going to surprise a few people and uh, win a couple of games. Uh, finally, we need the finalists and the winner. It's safe to say that you've uh, you're going to go with New South Wales as one of the finalists. Hard to go past the, the blue baggers. A couple of wins, but we'll be away from home, mm. which is what is been what's benefited us in the last couple of years is playing at home. Not going to be at home this year, so it's I'm going to obviously tip New South Wales, um, and it's a coin toss between Queensland and WA for that second spot. Yes, I like. Uh, I'll agree with you that on that part for sure. Queensland. They're my favourites to win it. I'm tipping them. As much as I hate to say it as a proud New South Welshman, <laughs> I don't support Queensland in anything, especially rugby league. Uh, but just looking at that squad, Kwaja there, Banning is so strong. Uh, I think they're going to probably, well, they're going to go very close to winning it all. And yeah, the Whackers, my other one, I had them, I had a, tipped them last year to win. Mm. Couldn't quite get there. Uh, but this year, I don't know, I just there's a good feeling over there. And Justin Langer, he just wins things. Doesn't Knows he? how to he's, win. He's a winner, and they haven't won it for a couple of years. And I just think he's he's going to get them fired up. And apparently, the, the pre-seasons are just absolutely grueling over there. So these guys will be fine tuned. They'll be ready to go. Yes. Well, that's it. I think we've named every team there, so we can't miss. We've, I think we've well, put, a, right. put a dollar on every horse in the race to win this surprise buckets. That's the beauty of this competition is because it's so condensed, six or seven teams. You get two or three blokes who get into some form. You know, anyone really is a chance of winning it. We saw last year, even with the Redbacks, uh, you know, playing out, thinking they needed 300 or 40 overs and still finishing well at the back end, could have been in the final at the end. So most teams will be right in it up until the end. Um, And I'm expecting to see that again. Really close competition. Um, That'll be one with a team who knows how to adapt, as you said earlier, Sam. Steve, we haven't even touched on the Australian one-day team has played over in India. They've been blanked 3-0 at the, at the moment. They've, they've gone down in three consecutive matches. They're winning a record away from home at the moment is at an all-time low, unfortunately. A couple of games left. Uh, Bangalore is the next assignment for them. Steve, they're going to play for a little bit of pride at the moment. Uh, and, of course, I mean, they're representing Australia. They don't want to lose any games, but... I was talking to Moses Enriquez the other day. They've actually been pretty close to winning some of those games. Their bowling has been impressive on flattish wickets and small grounds. They just need to uh, they just need to click that batting into gear, and you know this result could have been 
could be two one Australia. There's the, the washout or the rain affected match in that first one. Things got away for them in that third game. Well, it might read three 0 It's actually probably been a lot closer than it looks. I think it is an extremely close uh, tournament so far. I think what can happen in these situations is once a team gets away to an early win, like the rain affected match uh, that the Indians had. Uh, in that first one where, uh, you know, obviously I'm going to be a biased Australian supporter. You know, they had two new balls. Australia had to go an eight and over straight away, and it looked genuinely like a new ball wicket. You know, most of the runs from the Indians came at the back end. They were five for 80. When the ball got a bit softer, it was certainly easy to bat on. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've got momentum, which is which has benefited them uh, entirely. Look, it's tough. It's tough to play over in India in those conditions, and I am going to be 100% behind that Australian cricket team and biased. Um I think they've had a, a, a tough run of it. Um, however, I'm expecting things to change. Yes, that batting order needs to click. They'll set up beautifully in the last game, but it's so hard to come out and start. Mm. I think when you've got a guy in, or even on 100, someone like Finch and Smith, you want one of those guys being there deep into the 40th over. If you're getting two new batters coming out in those last 10 overs, it's hard for anyone in the world to come out mm. uh, and start scoring. So to beat India, you, you almost have to be perfect. Um, they're so skillful with their quicks. They hit the hole. They've got so many skills. Bhuvanesh Kumar can hit the hole at the death, swings it up front. Yeah. Boomer has got this weird action where the ball's going, you know, angling in and nipping back. And then their leg spinners are oh, unbelievable. It's just a factory line over there of spinners. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And I think, you know, Ashton Agar obviously broken his finger. I think we're going to see our leg spinner come back in, Adam Zampa. Mm. Massive fan of him in the one-day stuff. And he's a guy that, in my opinion, I'd have him, I'd have him picked in any one-day team. He's that good. Um, and I think he's a genuine match winner in that form. So I'm excited to see him come back in the team if he's selected. And a fashion icon amongst the Australian players, Adam Zampa. He's not only the hairstyles, which has gone under a metamorphosis in the past six months, but... <laughs> Just some of the stuff he wears out. I couldn't pull it off. He's, Maybe you could. I he's don't know certainly he's certainly a bit quirky, Zamps, uh, like all good spinners are. Um, but yeah, get onto his Instagram page. It'll it's not short of a it's not short of a laugh, Adam Zamper. And I like it. Someone with a bit of personality. That's right. Who just gets out there? You know, he's not a, not not afraid to colour the hair, Bieber like, get it nice and curly. <laughs> Um, and as I said, get onto his Instagram page. I'm not sure what it is, but it, you, you will have a genuine laugh. He's a guy that doesn't take himself too seriously, except when he's on that cricket field and um, a really, really standout performer for Australian one-day cricket. Steve, that's it for today's episode. We're going to be back next week. Well, I'm going to be back next week. Uh, don't forget to like, rate and subscribe to the Unplayable Podcast on iTunes. And more importantly, remember you can watch the, the stream, the live stream of the JT One Day Cup free. Where can you watch it, Steve? cricket.com.au get your pass get online watch it you can do it anywhere I love it no I'm not getting plugged or paid or benefiting from this I genuinely love to watch it Um, so yeah get on get on watch the blue baggers win three from three you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm volure xc 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.